Hello and welcome to Hello Governor, the podcast. As always, I'm your host, Abdullah, and I am joined today by, introduce yourself. Taylor Polidor. Hi. So, um, first episode of 2022. Can you believe it? a year has passed? Because it still feels like we're in 2020. And yeah, yeah. It's, it feels like we're in this time warp of 2020 extended. It just... It's crazy how, um, like, it, it's crazy that, because uh, I was watching a couple of YouTube videos, like, I, I was being nostalgic for stuff that um, that I used, uh, I remember watching uh, a couple of years ago, and I realized, oh, man, two, 2019 was, like, only two years, wait, three, three years ago. Three years ago. Oh, my goodness. And I'm like, oh, I swear this felt like it was older. <laughs> yeah yeah it, it I, I we were I was with some friends and we were reminiscing about something that happened in 2018 and it was just like things were just so different than uh in comparison to now just able to go out and do things without masks without being afraid of getting sick it's kind of funny because I was talking to someone and I love how a month ago everyone was like, "Oh man, we can finally go back to normal," and then like a month later, it's like, "Uh uh-uh. uh." <laughs> I think you, that's kind of that's kind of been been the thing since um, July, because in LA, um, which is where I live, uh, things were things were pretty locked down, and then um, in Jul- around July they lifted the the mask mandate. And I remember because I went out with friends that day and it was like, oh, we're getting back to normal. Then I swear, like two weeks later, the Delta variant came and everything shut back down. And then things started to kind of even out. Things started to feel normal. And then Omicron came. And it's like, okay, <laughs> this this has more, more sequels than the Fast and the Furious franchise. Uh, COVID shared universe when? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it's crazy. Like when does when does Doctor Strange show up and be like, "Hey, you know, you're the only one who can stop COVID." <laughs> I I hope he shows up soon. I I, re- I would love for him to show up this year. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> see, this is the problem. He shouldn't have just he shouldn't have done that spell. Like Wong warned him, he's like. <laughs> It's strange. At don't the beginning, do it. <laughs> at the beginning, he said, don't do it. And that the movie should have ended right there. But no, no, we had to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, I asked because it's crazy because um, uh, for me personally, um, l- uh, last month, it feels like forever ago, but like last month I was thinking about, you know, looking back because, you know, usually at the end of the year, I usually always look back on what I accomplished in 2021 and like, what are we going to be doing for 2022? And I thought like, Hey, you know, maybe my schedule is going to be, you know, uh, going back to normal, you know, uh, finally Mm -hmm. I can balance, uh, find some sort of balance. Nope. Nope. Yeah. I, I, I would have to agree. I was, I was literally just thinking about that, um, earlier today. Uh, I'm, currently filming a a TV show and production got pushed a week, uh, pushed back a week because so many people um, have gotten COVID. And it's very similar to feelings in 2020 where everything was just kind of up in the air. And I think I got used to it in 2021 because 2020 was so, um, random and just I don't know what's going to happen and then 2021 there was a little bit more stability but you know I think I've even expected like okay things things should be getting back to normal and I I don't see it I don't see it happening (laughs) even even recording um voiceover I haven't recorded in a studio. No, I did record in a studio in 2021 for an audio book, but we haven't recorded anything for any shows um, in studio in since 20, the top of 2020. 
So all the stuff you've done, like was it was is Pony recorded at home? Yeah. Well, it we didn't start recording it at home. I started recording it um at the Nick Animation Studios, but then once the once the pandemic hit, um we had to finish it. Um so so we started doing it at home and it and it's and it's worked out um really well and kept everyone safe. So I think they've just decided to you know, at least for now, to to continue doing things that way. I think um, it's kind of funny because I remember talking about this way back in 2020, 2020, 2021, but I feel like studios have learned that they can record from home now, that they're open to that idea. So you're starting, you're basically going to see like a lot of shows being done remote from now on because they realize, oh, it's much cheaper to have people record from home than have them uh, come to studio. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Especially with like the threat of COVID um, and, you know, probably having to get people tested. I imagine it's, it's much easier. And um, I've even done some jobs where they send you like a little kit. They, they drop off a courier service because they want you to use a specific setup or a specific microphone or their computer and they, they literally have somebody drop it off that day and they have all this sanitization equipment and stuff and you record and they'll come pick it up that night. Like it's pretty efficient um, how the voiceover industry is kind of adjusted and really not missed a beat um, with, with the changes. Because people need cartoons and video games. <laughs> they need it. They need it. And the voiceover industry is like, we're not going to stop. We got it. <laughs> no, it's funny because um, I remember reading, uh, I mentioned this before, so I'm sorry for longtime listeners because I told the story before in a previous episode, but um, I remember reading, uh, I don't remember where it was, but I remember reading a, a couple of behind the scenes. I think it was an interview with Matt Groening when he talked about uh, recording for uh, when they we talked about the question was like, how do you get all these celebrities to come on the Simpsons? And he said, no, we do it via phone patch. And he said, it's mm. not ideal, but Hey, you know, they're busy, but you know, we found a way to make it work where they can record from wherever they are via phone patch. And it was crazy at the time, but now it's like, Oh, that's kind of the normal now. Yeah. Yep. They were, they were, they were definitely ahead of their time because that's essentially what everybody is doing, <laughs> but from their laptops. And um, did you have like um, a home setup before you know everything hit the fan? So I, I did have a mic, but I didn't have um, uh, what pretty much everybody uses. Um, Source Connect. It's like an interface that, um, I guess it, it has no lag. Um, it's like real time recording straight to who, you know, the server, whatever it is. Um, but I didn't have that. So when we, when we began recording it's pony at home, Nickelodeon actually like gave me everything, a computer, a microphone, headphones, they, they, they hooked everything up for me and I've just been using that stuff. And I'm pretty sure they were like, if you break it, you're paying for it. <laughs> uh, I think they have insurance on it. <laughs> but I and think how, they have insurance on it. But but how is the recording process for you from home? You know, because uh, some people I've talked to really love recording from home, and some people hate it. You know, I there there's pros and cons. I'm grateful for it and I like it because I'm able to continue to work um even when we don't know what's going on outside of our home. Um but I do miss recording in the studio just because there's so much space. Like I live in a studio apartment, so my closet is really small. <laughs> And I have like my my sound panels in there, and I have a little a little table and a little light, and it's like lit. I'm I'm super cramped in there, um, and just I have my computer and my mic, and I'm just recording. Versus when I'm in the studio, I typically am recording with other people, 
with me, you have the engineer, you have the director, like, it's just a much more, um, I guess, like a face to face experience versus everything being on zoom and absolutely the physical space. <laughs> There's more of that. And typically, especially when I record at Nick, they always have breakfast for us, which I do miss. And, um, you know, it's just the the whole environment of being able to do it at the studio. I really like, um, but I do like recording at home because I can just roll out of bed and <laughs> I could be in my pajamas or whatever. And, you know, it just, it's, it's easy. You don't have to worry about getting dressed up and looking nice. No, stuff. not at all. I mean, hey, it has its benefits. And, you know, a lot of people I've talked to during, you know, the past two years are like, hey, you know, I don't have to worry about the traffic or, you know, uh, looking nice. I can just come in and, you know, do do the thing that they want me to do and I'm done, you know. And that's the easy, no, like, it's so easy sometimes, like, especially if I just have like one cue or we're doing ADR, just fixing some stuff real quick. I might have a 10 minute session and because it's on zoom, it's kind of like, well, you can leave if you want. <laughs> I, I got to ask because you were in the loud house and you only had like two lines. How, how long did that session last? Um, so now that I'm remembering the loud house. Okay. So sometimes when you record, it might be just you or it might be you and another character. Um, and then sometimes it's a group recording where they actually have everybody in there and they go through the whole episode. And when I recorded the loud house, it actually was a group recording. So, um, even though I did only have a couple of lines, I was actually there for the entire recording um, because that's just how they had it scheduled for that particular episode, I guess. So you were there for the entire episode and you just like, okay, I'm done with my lines. Can I leave? Now? <laughs> no, it, I mean, I, I enjoy seeing people um, record because typically people do have their, um, their video on. So it's cool seeing everybody's like home set up. What are, what do their closets look like? <laughs> and, um, and uh, the loud house, they actually created like a, a, a fake theme song for us. That sounds like a game show theme song. And they introduced all of us. So, like they had all our names and it was like a whole little spectacle. It was fun. So I, I didn't mind just, just listening in and watching everybody do their thing. So, Oh, that's pretty cool. So it was like a stream where they introduce all the people coming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, can I get a copy of that? I said, I didn't get it though, but it was really cool. <laughs> Did they did did everyone have to introduce themselves saying I'm so and so you might know me from? No, it was like someone's random voice. Like, you know, you you have like the game show music like and it was like the loud you know, recording episode, whatever, whatever. And we have so and so, we have Great Law, we have Taylor Pollard. I was like, what is this? <laughs> So they go all out for the recordings. That that sounds amazing. I I had no idea they did that because um I've had people who worked on the Loud House and they never mentioned men, mentioned that. That's kind of a that's kind You of a know, thing. I don't I don't know if they do it all the time because I've only done one episode, but that episode I I distinctly remember <laughs> that and being like, "What have I stumbled into? I like it here." It sounds like the episode of Seinfeld where uh, Kramer buys the Merv Griffin show set and puts it in his apartment. And, um, you know, he starts acting out the Merv Griffin show when, when people come over. It was it was very it was very surreal. Like, is this really happening right now? OK, OK. All right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, um was there any funny things that happened during that recording? Because that sounds amazing. Like you're describing it sounds really amazing. Um, any funny things? Uh, 
I recorded that in 2020. So I'm, I'm trying to think. I don't remember anything like particularly crazy that happened or anything that was ridiculous. Um, I think the funniest thing that I can remember besides the the theme song at the beginning was I believe in that episode, there's like a musical sequel. There's like a, a song or something. And um, in that, in that past that we did the recording that we did, I don't think the song was made yet. So whatever actor had to sing the song or the actors that had to sing the song, they kind of, um, improvised and I'm sure that they went back and recorded it with the actual melody and you know the tune and all of that stuff but that's always funny when when there's songs or there's different stuff written into a script and you you, you don't know what it is and like oh yeah yeah just just go with it for now <laughs> um but that was kind of funny so um I don't know if Jeff Bennett was there but did you know I'm guessing if he was he had to like improvise the song <laughs> sounds amazing you know I think that was Jeff Bennett actually I think I think that was there was there was there was there was a lot of improv going on because I think the whole episode revolved around um a group or a band or something it was the episode where Luna lies and uh, she has to learn the consequences that uh, her lie (laughs) causes yes it's like, sure, I can get Mick. And it's like, oh, <laughs> I can't get Mick. So what do I do? I impersonate him. And everyone just goes with it because sitcom yes. logic. So funny. <laughs> wow, Mick, you're you're a lot shorter in person. <laughs> you sound different. It's so ridiculous and hilarious. No, it's it's funny because I was um, looking at an image from that episode, and I and I realized like there were like a lot of characters, and I'm like, holy crap! Um, I think three or four people in that in in that uh, shot have been on the sh- on this show, and I'm like, oh boy, <laughs> <laughs> it's so surreal to me. Like talking, I think I talked about Loud House more than any other show um, last year because it was the um 10th and not 10th anniversary it was the uh five-year anniversary and i was like you know let's let's get Mm -hmm. as many loud house related people on here and just talk about the show and you know celebrate it because uh it's the only way you can nowadays because uh right but it's so awesome that you that you were able to get so many people from the show though i know (laughs) i know right (laughs) i like and I'm and I'm friends with um Mela Lee, so there you go. Oh, awesome. She's pretty cool. Um and um I I'm you know, going back to um It's Pony. Um is uh, is season is season two still in production? Yes, it is. Um I actually have a session tomorrow. Um, but we're finishing it up. I'm not sure when it's when it's coming out or like when you I know some some episode or maybe it was like a special episode or something released in October I think um I don't I don't find out this stuff until I see people tweet about it um but something came out like in October or November um but we're, we're still finishing up season two um and I'm not sure when um that'll be done and out for everyone. And how did you um, get the part of Clara? uh, Clara? Um, So it was a a normal voiceover audition um, that I got from, from, from my team. And I actually, I got the audition at the time I was a substitute teacher and I was uh, on like hiding from children. in a classroom like in between classes or like on a break or something and I was like oh I'm gonna do this voiceover audition and I really liked it so I, I like I did it like a couple a couple takes I typically record voiceover auditions on my phone I have like a little travel mic that I can attach to my phone and I just sent it in and um a couple maybe like a week later or so my my agent 
contacted me and was like, hey, they want you to come in, uh, go to the studio uh, for a callback. So I went for a callback and I read with the with the director, um, with the casting director. And I believe the creator, Ant Blades, he he's in London. Um, I think he was like not streaming in. I don't even think it was Zoom at that time. Maybe Skype. Like he he was on a video call in the the animation studio, and um, they gave me like some some notes and different directions and different things that they wanted to do with it. And um, I feel like shortly after that, they they told me that I got the part. It was a pretty uh, seamless. Uh, process like I auditioned and then it was like okay yeah how do you want me to do it okay cool <laughs> then that was that it's kind of funny because like every time I ask people like how did you get this like really how did you get the role you're most known for and they're like I just auditioned for it and I got it and there you go you know it, it, I wish there was like some secret formula because if it was I would do that every single time but I think it's one of those things when it's yours, it's yours. And the only way to, to, to get roles is to go out for them and do your best. And that's all you can kind of control. Yeah, that, that's, and, and that's a hilarious image. And, and my, I'm just thinking about you hiding in, in uh, somewhere from the, from, the, from the kids recording on your phone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I would hide a lot to do my real job. <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of funny because I, I keep forgetting, like, you know, a lot of voice actors I've had on the show, you know, used to work like menial jobs before they, you know, broke into the business. And I, I just keep forgetting that. I'm like, yeah, you know, they're absolutely. I mean, there a lot of a us still work a bunch of different kind of jobs. Well, and now nowadays, I think everyone has like a side hustle nowadays. Right. Like, if you're talking nowadays, oh boy, like nowadays, it's like you have to find a way to monetize everything. And I mean everything. Yeah, it, it's it's wild out here. But I mean, a lot of us do a lot of different things or, you know, different, different acting, TV, film, voiceover, you know, all, all kind of stuff, commercials, like... I mean, I don't just do animation. I've done like podcasts, podcast readings, audiobooks, commercials, you know, all kind of stuff. There's a lot of different things that people do. It's work. <laughs> and, um, you know, speaking of audiobooks, how do you feel about audiobooks? Because a lot of people I talk to, like, they don't like audiobooks, but. Like, I'll do them, but I don't like doing them because it's very time consuming. You know, I did my first one last year and I actually like it. I think I like it because I like, um, I like like read, like reading books to, to kids, like, you know, with the different voices, like it, it's fun to me. Um, I will say that recording an audiobook definitely is a different, um, takes a different type of endurance than recording like say a animation episode like with lines because typically like you'll punch in maybe you're reading with someone else like you have a lot more time to breathe basically but an audiobook it's like oh oh I still I'm still talking I'm still talking I'm actually lightheaded I have to take a break now <laughs> what is the usual um uh, audio session, uh, audiobook session uh, time for you? Um, so I've only done one and let me think. I think I completed the story in maybe three or four sessions. The first session was the longest. It might have taken, it might have, it, it probably took like a like an hour, an hour and a half. And they told me that I read fast. Typically, people don't read that fast uh, or they take more time. So I don't know if that was a good or a bad thing, <laughs> but I was very lightheaded. And then after that, it was just going in for edits, um, you know, correcting 
minor things because they're very specific about how they want certain words said, how they want things um, pronounced. It's very specific. So um, I think like the second edit, I might've been there like 20 minutes. And then the, the last one or two edit, I was there maybe all of five to 10 minutes, just like, oh, we just need you to fix this one word. That's crazy to me, like having someone come back just to fix like a pronunciation. Right. And that's that's when when, you know, the ability to record from home makes all the more sense because it's like you guys really called me here (laughs) because you wanted me to pronounce tomato like tomato (laughs) or, you know, something something simple like that. But no, it's and that's kind of a you know, you bring up a good point with pronunciations because um you know, It's Pony is a British show. A lot of people don't know this, but it's a British show. You know, the creator is British, but mm-hmm. a lot of the cast is American. And, you know, uh, they refer to stuff, uh, you know, uh, in, in a British cadence. So a lot of the slang is British. Like they refer to soda as fizzy drinks. And it's kind of <laughs> weird. <laughs> I think... You know, certain things, especially like when we're recording, um, sometimes they'll say like, you can change that (laughs) or you can you can say something else um, because a lot of us are American. Um, But it is it's a British show. Um, And a lot of I think I think a lot of the humor comes across that way. And like you said, certain things that stick out, like you said, fizzy drink. We don't say that here. fizzy drinks referring to a coat as a jacket or something like that it's like i i don't <laughs> that's british <laughs> you know yep but again ant is the creator and he is british so <laughs> i think it's kind of cool um you know you mentioned you know a lot of british humor i because i was watching an episode i think i was watching the clara time episode and there's this one joke that's really hilarious and I don't think a lot of kids are going to laugh at it, but, but adults are definitely going to laugh at it. It's, it's the, you know, during the, towards the end of the episode where, you know, uh, uh, there, uh, what was it? Um, uh, Clara and, uh, Pony and, uh, what's her face? Annie are, you know, having the final confrontation and they're like, Oh, we thought you were that busy. No one can be that busy. And she's like, well, I am. And then there's this like awkward silence. <laughs> the like... the the timing on its pony is my absolute favorite, and I'm like, I don't even know if kids can appreciate this because it's hilarious to me, and I'm an adult. But you know, <laughs> they, they might, they might. I think some of the humor definitely is in there for the adults watching too, because it it's it's hilarious. No, there and there's this other bit in another episode where he's talking to a clerk played by Phil Lamar, and he's like, you know, these these shoes are pretty big. Are they for giants? No, they're not for giants. What are you talking about? And he goes back. He's like, they're not for giants. It's <laughs> like some of the jokes, like, and I honestly think this is when I've recorded any, especially any children's show, like. The adults, we always catch, we always catch all of the jokes and make so many more jokes about it while we're recording. <laughs> no, especially, you know, another joke I'm, I just, uh, it came to my mind was where she was like, you know, I'll come back, you know, in an hour to help you after chess club. I know you guys can't ruin that. And they're like, oh, you did find a way to ruin chess club where he just goes uh, in course. and starts assaulting everyone. <laughs> Of course, of course, Pony did. She shouldn't have even said that. Of course, he did. <laughs> and Clara's like, "Yep, that's Pony." <laughs> if if there if there if there's something that can be messed up, if there's any crack in any issue, Pony will find it and blow it up. <laughs> and that's just that's the whole bit of of the show. That is that is what Pony does. Uh, you're banned from uh, entering the school. Why? <laughs> and then it cuts to a flashback of him running, and just 
going to the bathroom in the class. And I can say in season two, it gets even crazier. Pony's antics get even wilder. I just love how there's an episode where he gets like a piece of candy stuck to his head and he starts believing that he's a unicorn and he has unicorn powers and it's just so amazing. He's so crazy. And and I just love the fact that everyone in this universe has accepted that this horse can talk and they treat him as a member of the family. Of it's course. Of course. That is the magic of it all. <laughs> and does it feel weird like watching the show and hearing yourself in it? Uh, no. I think I think I've gotten kind of used to um hearing hearing my own voice just from doing so many voiceover auditions and uh recordings and just other stuff it's not it's not like as cringy as it used to be like when I was younger it used to be super like ah, I don't want to hear my voice but now it's like oh wow okay <laughs> Because a lot of people in the industry, when I ask them, like, do you know, do you watch your own work? And they're like, no, <laughs> are you crazy? Well, again? I don't, I will, I will say I don't, I don't watch it. Uh, like I, I have watched, I've watched everything that I've been on. Um, but like, do I sit and watch it every day? Absolutely not. Every episode? Absolutely not. Like I've seen Claire time. Um, I've seen a few other episodes, but. I think that's a little that's a little a little crazy to, to like just sit and listen to myself all the time. There's me, Gary. There I am. Yeah, like that's just like okay, come on, get and, over yourself. And plus, like you know, it, you know, there's not much like conversation you can go up to someone and say, "Oh, you watch that Pony show? I'm on it. Uh, My Little Pony? No, it's Pony. Totally different show." totally different show unless i'm talking to an eight-year-old child (laughs) which some of them they don't they don't even really like get the concept of like that's you that's a cartoon so it's like i'll just let whoever watches it enjoy it no because as you know you bring up a good point in that you know when you're a kid you don't really think about that you know, that's a person doing the voice, you know, it's just to you, it's, it's just a cartoon. And, you know, as a kid, I never, it never dawned on me like, oh, that was a person getting paid to do that. Exactly. Exactly. And who am I to ruin that for a kid? <laughs> like, look, I'm all for telling kids like Santa Claus isn't real, but I, you know, I draw the line of telling them that, you know, Voice acting. Oh, uh, voice acting no. is. <laughs> I definitely believe for a moment in time they can believe that Santa Claus is real. I'm for all the magic. Believe in all of it. No, but but I mean, like it's it, it's so weird because I, I remember having someone on the show and they talked about yeah, I think their sister was watching a show with their nephew and and they were on the show. And they had to explain to them, oh, that's Auntie Colleen. And, and, and the kid was like, no, it's not. It's, it's the character. And, and, and I just find that really, really yeah. fascinating. Um, I was at a, my, my parents' house and my mom had one of our neighbor's daughters over. I think she was like four and uh, it's pony was on and she was trying to explain to her that I was Clara and she was was like no no <laughs> and I was like just don't it's okay <laughs> don't worry about it you know I, I got I just kind of you know in in an, in a in a in an in an era where I where everything just seems going crazier and crazier I'm just glad that we're that um you know kids are st- still find joy in the world. I really am. Absolutely. Absolutely. Whether it's through a cartoon um playing a game on the computer or iPad playing outside, they absolutely have to find joy in moments to you know get away from 
not get away, but yeah, kind of escape from what's happening right now because this is not normal. And I think that, um, I don't know if I'm, if I can even talk about this, but um, it's not part of the season, but there's some little spots that we did um, with this season for its pony that kind of, you know, took into consideration like distance learning or like Zoom, Zoom classes and Zoom calls and different things like that. I'm not sure where they'll be placed, if it's going to be like commercials or um, on the internet or whatever, but I do hope that the kids are able to find some joy when they, they you know, they watch their shows that they like. Uh, because that's that's interesting you you mentioned that because i was kind of wondering like how are the shows gonna handle the past two years because it's like it's kind of hard i mean i i get it i i know that no one wants to be reminded of the nightmarish reality we live in now but at some point you kind of have to be like you know what happened to the days when shows you know weren't afraid to tackle you know, uh, tougher subjects head on, you know? Right. I mean, I, I, I see that side of it. And I also see the side of it. I've heard some people, not so much with um, cartoons, but like live action shows, people like on Twitter would be like, I don't want to see the pandemic on TV. I want to escape what we're living. We're living in it right now. I don't want to see it. I mean, to me, it doesn't really bother me I guess if it fits in the world if if the uh pandemic is addressed it doesn't like make me feel like oh I want to turn this off but I also understand the escapism part of it too so I mean I I don't mind if it's like a throwaway joke line about the pandemic or COVID but if it's like an entire episode I'm gonna be like okay hey you need to handle this you know carefully right um, I'm trying to think. I I don't know if like at least with its pony, I don't know if it's a full blown we're tackling the pandemic because it's just I, I don't think that would even make sense in the world of that show to do that, you know. I, I no, it, you know what? I'm I'm not I'm not gonna say it because it's just be too <laughs> too insensitive. It would be because that's the only way that it could go with with pony. Like it, 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 it would it would turn out to be something horribly wrong. Like it's, it, you know, it's and again, like at the end of the day, look, I'm talking about a show about a talking horse who goes on adventures with his owner. Like it's it it shouldn't be that deep, okay? It it can be you know, escapist humor and it's, and it's aimed at like what, six to 12 year olds. So, you know, yeah, Yeah. you know, I, I'm not expecting them to, to be like, you know, go full on socially conscious, you know, it's fine to be like where you are. Okay. It's fine. (laughs) I'm not asking, I'm not asking every show to address the pandemic. I'm just saying that, you know, if if a show wants to tackle the pandemic, I I want to see like how how they're gonna do it without being insensitive. Right. I I I guess we'll see. <laughs> we'll we'll see this year because I know although kids are younger, they are aware because they, they have to deal with it in school. Or they they did have to do distance learning, or they are. I know some schools around the country are going back to distance learning. It's just it, it, it's a lot. So I'm sure some some shows are are definitely going to to take it on, and hopefully it's in a way that you know just makes the kids feel like oh that's just the world we're living in versus like oh no I'm scared. <laughs> I mean, I can see them doing something like, oh, well, a character we we, we want to hang out with, we can't hang out with because they're, like, far away, uh, but we can talk to them online. Yeah. And it's like, okay, yeah. how, do we, how do we talk to them online? And I'm glad you asked. And, and, and then, you know, you introduce the concept of talking to people on Zoom. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Yeah. So, um, I mean, it's, it's not that complicated and I'm not asking for, again, like I said before, I'm not asking for all the shows to address the pandemic. I'm just saying that if, you know, if you, if you are a creative and you want to address it, please do it in a way that's not, that's not tone deaf and stupid. Right. Right. I, I absolutely agree with that. Because again, like I'm fine with shows tackling difficult subject matters. I think, you know, nowadays we, we need to have, I mean, especially, you know, in adult shows, we need to have uncomfortable conversations. Like, because it's, it's funny to me because I hear a lot of people saying, oh, this show shouldn't talk about this because it's blah, blah, blah. It's reminding me too much of, you know, all this horrible thing that's happening. And I'm like, isn't the point of media is to, you know, have the the conversations we're not supposed to be having or, you know, challenge our perception of reality. You know, if you're making a show for adults, you, you know, we're going to have these conversations. I'm sorry if it makes you feel uncomfortable that, you know, this is something that, you know, you can't ignore it. You know, you can't just sit there and say, well, you know, (laughs) yeah, it's, it's, it's a very real thing. That that's something I didn't even think about, um, especially when it comes to cartoons. Like, how are they going to handle it? But I'm sure we'll be seeing a lot more of um, pandemic geared uh, content coming up this year because that's pretty much all everybody was working on. I'm sure last year, <laughs> everyone was like, you know, I'm sorry, I need to, I need to get this out of my system. Like, just yeah, give me one episode, <laughs> one episode. I'm sure like we'll, we'll, we'll start seeing it soon enough. And you know, what, what is, you know, to, to, to take it on, you know, uh, uh, yeah, cause I, I get that people are probably sick of us talking about, you know, all the doom and gloom. So, uh, I'll just switch to a lighter topic now. Um, and what is like for you, like, what is your favorite thing about recording it's pony? Um, my favorite thing about recording It's Pony. Like the process of recording or just in general? With, in with general. The, with the show. In general. Oh, okay. Um, I would say I really, really enjoy that the show is really smart to me. Um, what I mean by that is Sometimes with children's shows, like not saying there's anything wrong with the the children's shows that are are really for, you know, younger kids or like for preschoolers. Um, I feel like this show is for younger audiences, but it's really smart. Like we talked about the humor. I think it's funny. I think the timing is really funny. And in the actual process of recording, when I'm able to record with other voice artists, I'm always so just enamored recording with like Jessica or even Josh who plays Pony, like recording with all these wonderful people and getting to see them work. It really is fascinating. And just the people who, who they've brought on um, to the show, a like just up everybody watching people record and be in their element is, is so fascinating to me because everyone's so talented. So I think that's, that's, that's like two for one, but the the show and the writing is just really really smart to me and really witty and funny and I enjoy it and then um just the people who I record with are all awesome they're all great and it makes it really fun and have you ever hung out with any of your fellow cast members like out outside of work yeah outside of work or just you know in between sessions I guess um, well, <laughs> we started recording the show in 2018 and then 2020, we've been locked in the house. So <laughs> I haven't spent a lot of time with them. Actually, I've spent more time with them in Zoom than out of Zoom. Um, But we did do like a screening before the show came out in 2019 and I think that was the the first and only time that I've been with everybody outside of 
like a recording session. Oh yeah, I forgot about that because it was a huge deal. Like there was a, pr a press release, and oh man, there was. Because <laughs> <laughs> I remember, um, what was it? I think it was like 2019 or 2020. Uh, Jessica DeChico's uh, Instagram announced, like, oh, it, you know, I'm I'm the voice of Annie on It's Pony, you know, this new show, and they did the whole interview. I think she did an interview with like a magazine about her role as Annie and, you know, being a mom and recording the show and. Oh, I believe it. <laughs> so. I, I I believe there was a press review about that then. I thought you meant there was a press, a, a press, um, a statement about the, the premiere. <laughs> no, 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 no. Sorry. I, I was confusing it with something else. Cause again, last, last couple of years are just like a blur in, in the last <laughs> My brain is time has no meaning. Have you noticed it? <laughs> Have you noticed? No, that? absolutely, absolutely. Because, cause I remember like it was a huge deal. Like, oh man, this is gonna be a new show and and what have you. And you know, you know, credit where it's due. Nickelodeon did promote the show a lot when it first aired, but then after that, they're just kind of like, yeah, it's it's a thing that exists. I'm like, oh, mm. <laughs> but I wanted more of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I really don't know what, like, fans would need to do to to get more, you know, more more exposure, more whatever, because I, I can tell you, I don't have anything to do with that. <laughs> I have absolutely nothing to do with that. So I, I don't know. I guess people could just demand it more if, on their on their social media pages on their instagram twitter um if you want to see it tell them because i think it's a show that is very interesting and i'm and i'm someone who's like hey you know especially with nickelodeon these days like you know, come on guys you know as a child of the 90s i'm kind of like hey you know you guys used to be known as that as that as that uh, children's network that wasn't afraid to experiment with cartoons, like a lot of your cartoons in the '90s were very experimental and were you know pushing the limits of what you know children's animation could be, and now it's like all live action sitcoms, and I'm just like, come on, guys, we we want more cartoons. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely remember Nick in the '90s. The cartoons were. I mean, I mean. Well, all the programming on Nickelodeon was amazing in the 90s. I'll just start there because I loved all that. And even I think it was the 90s when like the Amanda show, I was I definitely loved Nickelodeon um, then. But I will say that the cartoons were amazing. Have you checked out the new um, Rugrats? Reboot? I haven't seen it, but I mean, I've seen clips of it and I'm like, you know, this is um, this is weird, but <laughs> You know, it's it's gonna be one of those. For me, it's gonna be it's gonna take a lot of getting used to because the animation is in three D and like the cast is way older now. And I'm like, okay, this is gonna take a lot of getting used to for me. That's fair. That's definitely fair. I haven't I haven't seen it yet. I was just wondering because, of course, talking about. Nickelodeon cartoons in the 90s my my brain immediately went to Rugrats. <laughs> no, I mean and and that was, you know, a Klasky Chupo and and they were, you know, they also did like Ah Real Monsters and that was a show that was also very experimental and, you know, really pushed the boundaries of of what, you know, you could do with television. I just I just kind of miss the days when uh studios took chances on on shows cuz nowadays you just you would never see Something like it's our uh, it's uh, real monsters or Doug or any of those other '90s shows. They'd be considered mm. too out there and or weird by today's standards. I wonder why. I don't know. Maybe maybe it was maybe it was different. Maybe it was during that era where it's like, hey, we we want to throw whatever we can at the wall and see what sticks. I don't know. Maybe nowadays they're like, "Hey, we already have a hit with SpongeBob. Why do we need anything else?" I, I don't know. Like Nickelodeon to me nowadays is just a, it's just a mystery. <laughs> like it's all just SpongeBob and Loud House, and everything else is kind of a blur. 
Yeah, I, I could see that. I can see that. I mean, and, and I feel like the problem with Nickelodeon now is that they're relying way too much on... I mean, and it's not just Nickelodeon. It's, it's a problem with media nowadays in general is that there there's way too much reliance on nostalgia and that, hey, you know, a lot of the kids who used to watch these cartoons are now uh, way older. How can we capitalize on their nostalgia? Oh, we'll bring back Rugrats. Right. We'll, we'll bring back Avatar. We'll, you know, give the creators like their own Avatar studio to do like more animated Avatar projects. And I'm just like... Versus pushing something new or something different and yeah. actually giving it a chance. Yeah. <laughs> or in the case of glitch text, Hey, this is way too expensive for us to make uh, to, to show on our channel, dump it on Netflix with zero promotion. <sighs> mm. That hurts. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm still not over that. They did that. <laughs> they did that show dirty. I'm sorry. They did that show dirty. <laughs> But at least you can still watch it. I mean, it's still there, but at the same time, it's like, ah, uh, it's it's a case of what could have been. Like, it, it could have been like right. a really big franchise, but it's only like 19 episodes, and that's it. <laughs> well, you never know. Somebody could find it and want to make it. These things happen. I mean, hey, the creator said, like, you know, we could see more of it, but... You, that, but but only if someone from Nickelodeon and Netflix agrees on they want more of it. So, you know, it is what it you is. Never <laughs> you never, never know. You never know. They, 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 you, you, you really have no idea. <laughs> and, you know, speaking of media, like, have there been any shows that you've been came up, keeping up with? Um... Like cartoons that I'm keeping up with? No, 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 not cartoons, but like any any shows, you know, any any shows. Because I know, like, come on, like, come on, you're. I I refuse to believe right. that you're someone who watches cartoons. <laughs> like, um, yeah, I actually, I actually keep up with. I I'm kind of weird. I'm trying to think. What was the last thing? Like, the thing that's on my brain right now. <laughs> I'm revisiting The Handmaid's Tale, <laughs> and I know that that's like that's not what people are watching right now, but that's what I felt like watching. So I'm revisiting that. Um, but I mean, I keep up with um, Secession. Um, what else is popular that I that I watch? Um, what else? What else? What else? Of course, now it's all leaving my brain. Everything just feels like a blur, doesn't it? <laughs> it does, because I'm like, what have what have I been watching lately? Um, hmm. Succession is the first thing that popped on my brain after Handmaid's Tale. Uh, I can't think. What what's what's some stuff that's popular? I, I don't keep up with anything that's popular to me. It's like, I, I know to me, it's like, if I want to invest in a, in a show, it has to be like really, really good. And sometimes I'm like, I can't binge watch stuff. I, I really can't. Uh, oh, sometimes... well, I, I started, I started euphoria um, yesterday. Cause the season premiere came out. So now I'll be into that. Um, what else? Um, I got nothing. I got nothing. Because the session just ended. Euphoria just started. What have I been watching? <laughs> what I've been doing in the rest of my life. <laughs> No, because I, I legit I legit have been sick. And when I when I when I'm sick, I like to watch old disney movies so i really haven't been watching anything new lately okay, well, then what what disney movies have you been watching oh aristocats um oh i watched encanto that movie is amazing um what else do i always watch i always watch the princess diaries um Pocahontas. <laughs> Colonialism for kids. 
Is it the nineties, the nineties <laughs> and we loved it. No, I, I say this as someone who as a kid would constantly watch that movie on VHS that so much so that my parents got really mad at me. It's like, can you just watch anything else other than Pocahontas? Shouldn't you be doing your homework? Why are you watching Pocahontas? <laughs> I mean, I had like a Pocahontas comforter, but it was because I mean, I loved Pocahontas because she was one of the only Disney princesses that was brown like me. And that's another reason. I mean, representation in cartoons is everything. I will say that is also one of my favorite things about um, playing Clara on its pony as a black woman playing a little brown girl on a TV show, you know, if, if one girl sees it and it's like, Oh, Clara looks like me and you feel seen that does feel really cool. Cause that's how I used to feel seeing Susie on Rugrats. And that was like one of the only, only ones I saw when I was very little. And then it was number five uh, on kids next door. Ooh, and coincidentally is, all really voiced by the amazing, the incomparable, the queen, Cree Summer. Um, but um, that is one of my absolute most favorite things about uh, recording It's Pony, too. Um, but that was why I liked Pocahontas so much. The story is absolutely awful. <laughs> like, it's, it's so horrendous. I mean, I mean, as a kid, you know, you didn't really care that much about it because like, yeah, you know, whatever. But like when you when you get older and, and find out the actual history and it's like, whoo boy, <laughs> like what person was like, hey, let's make Pocahontas an animated cartoon for kids. Whoa. OK, that's heavy. But it didn't feel like that. <laughs> I, I God, like, you know, we talk, you know, you bring up representation and I'm like, I really wish Princess and the Frog did better. That that movie was just so good. And I just think people weren't ready for it. I'm sorry. Like people weren't ready for it. <laughs> like it was great. I agree. I agree. I think that, you know, given if, if it would have came out like, like now, for example, it probably would have who knows what would have happened. But the thing about it is that there's room to make more. They can make as many as they want. So I'm looking forward to the next one that they do with a, with a, a, a brown person of color, black princess, whichever they choose. There should be infinite colors and um, types of Disney princesses to represent everyone. Yeah, because I, I, you know, it's it's kind of weird to me looking back at like you know the older Disney cartoons back in like the fifties and what have you, and it's like, oh man, <laughs> it's like not a person like, how, of color in sight. How are you? Yeah, how are you guys just gonna erase <laughs> people of color? Like, not even the, the 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 movie. Okay, the main character isn't a person of color. All right. But nobody in their entire village, entire town. It's 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 crazy to look at now in 2022. Um, but I, I, oh, uh, what was it? The worst example is um, Sleeping Beauty. The only person of color is Maleficent, and she's green. <laughs> so, <there you> go. <laughs> so crazy. Like oh. I actually really like Maleficent. She's she's one of my favorite Disney villains, but I think my favorite Disney villain is um one of my favorites, uh, not the not my favorite, but like um Gaston cuz he's hilarious. That's from Beauty and the Beast. Uh yes, Beauty and the Beast. That's the Beast, right? Yeah, uh, uh Gaston, he was the uh, hunter. Okay. <laughs> he was the I, I he's the guy who ate four dozen eggs at one point. Oh gosh. <laughs> That's a lot of eggs. <laughs> a lot. No, um it, it's funny you mentioned like old Disney movies because I think like they're 
some of them have not aged well, obviously, but they they work because they're. I think to me, like I look at old Disney movies now as like the ultimate comfort food because you know how they're going to end and you know the story beats because we've seen them a hundred million times now. But they're like the ultimate comfort food for me because like yeah, hey, you know, I'm bored. I need background noise. You know, put on Beauty and the Beast or whatever, or Aladdin. Mm-hmm. Love Aladdin. No, I mean some of them, of course they don't they don't they don't fit to today's standards of what is politically correct and they were incorrect then too but it was just um more accepted but i think you know we grew up in a time where it was accepted and you like the movies i think it's about being able to have conversations especially with younger generations as they're watching it and be like that that was wrong <laughs> it was wrong then it was wrong of them to put it in the movie and but we don't do that anymore it's kind of funny because uh, um you know aladdin it's it's supposed to be set in the middle east and as a someone who you know is middle eastern i i find it kind of hilarious that the sultan is very like you know light skinned compared to his daughter and i'm like that ain't right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did uh, did the character designers um, look at uh, look at uh, what they were making, or did they just say, "Hey, you know, it works. <laughs> Don't think about it too much." <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. But but I mean, it's it's just one of those things where, you know, yeah, we can look back at it now and say, well, you know, it's easy to criticize it now looking at it from a modern lens. But, you know, back then, man, it was like to me, I just loved Aladdin because it was like the first Disney movie that didn't feature a princess because I was like, you know, it's like, I don't like princesses. I'm a boy. I, I like boy right. you know, action <laughs> stuff. And it was the only Disney movie that was like an action movie. And I'm like, OK, cool. You know? It's the only Disney movie that had a male lead. And I'm like, you know, cool. I can relate to this. <laughs> Aladdinist, did you watch the um, the live action Aladdin? It was okay. It wasn't terrible. <laughs> it wasn't, it's not the worst thing ever. It's not as soulless as the Lion King remake, but it's still not a good movie. Ah, I mean, it's okay for what it is. It's it's like a decent adaptation, and I wouldn't say it's terrible. And uh, you know, out of all the live action uh, movies Disney has done, it's probably one of the better ones. But no, it's still I I wouldn't recommend it. I would still be like, hey, you know, I just love the animation quality in Aladdin. I think it's one of the most beautifully animated movies of all time, and it's just sad seeing mm. that seeing that bright magic would be reduced to like dull live action. That's fair. That's fair. Plus uh, Will Smith as the genie is just, uh... <laughs> it's just we weird. took you out of it. It's just weird. <laughs> like I get, they wanted to, to, to pay tribute, but did you have to make him, you know, blue? Did you, did you have to? <laughs> it's, it's weird. It's creepy. I don't like it. <laughs> I just love all the memes that started popping up when the first trailer dropped and everyone was like, yeah, Will Smith looks creepy as the genie. (laughs) (laughs) And they just started photoshopping him in other movies. It was amazing. Uh, But um, yeah, uh, this... uh, I'm sorry for everyone who uh, is still listening to this and be like, oh, wh- why are they talking about Disney movies? Because, well, the world is, in, is a nightmarish, re- is, is a nightmare right now, and we need all the comfort we can. So, there you go. <laughs> so right. I got sidetracked. We were talking about Disney movies and, you know, so, yeah. Um, welcome to the welcome to the show. It always it starts out uh, semi-consistent talking about um voiceover and then it just devolves into nothing <laughs> it just devolves into what are they even talking about <laughs> i love it <laughs> it's amazing but um uh, i guess uh we, you know, we, we, we've been talking for like an hour now and um i gotta you know get going uh but before we before i let you go 
Um, is there anything that you're currently working on that you can talk about and where can people find you online? Sure. Okay. So I am currently working on It's Pony <laughs> season two. Um, and that will be coming later this year on Nickelodeon. Um, I also am working a complete 180. <laughs> I'm working on <clears throat> a show on FX called Snowfall. Um, uh, I will be in this season, season five premieres, February 23rd, I believe. It's a Wednesday. Uh, I think that's February 23rd. Um, uh, but those are two things that I'm working on right now. And people can find me on social media. Everything is just my first name, last name, at Taylor Polidor. So uh, thank you so, so much for taking the time up to do this. This has been a lot of fun. And after like, <laughs> after the past couple of days I've had, I kind of needed, <laughs> needed to just like talk nonsense with someone. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and and you're welcome back to come on anytime because this has been a lot of fun and we'd love to have oh, you Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. Bye.